everybody. Welcome to episode 113 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's with me tonight? I got nothing. you. Got you? Got nothing. <laughs> it's it's the spine of the world, Michael K. Hughes. It's me, Henry Chan. Welcome. <laughs> First time on the show. Yeah. I love to uh, just drop the guests in with, <laughs> with no yeah, information. Like, like uh, if we do an intro, but we're not going to tell you about it. So. <laughs> You're yeah, just another fun. in a long line. Yeah, we've done it, everybody. <laughs> Practically did. tradition. Oh yeah, yeah. They did before me when I was guesting. Before we introduce what we're talking about, Henry, you want to say or you want to give a shout out to your YouTube channel? Uh sure. I do uh, video essays on games. So far, I've done one on Last of Us Part Two, Judgment, and recently Assassin's Creed Origins. So definitely. And what is your YouTube channel? Uh, Henry Chan, just my name. H e n r y c h a n. All right, and there will be a link in the show notes to your YouTube channel if you want to check that out. Oh, I saw part of the origin video, it was like an hour long, and I'm like, okay, that's a lot. Or over an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's very long. It's probably not game. the guy that's talking about climate change that came up when I searched it, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, maybe I need to rebrand at some point. <laughs> Here's hey, a guy talking about boulders, so that's probably not you either. <laughs> okay. The Lost of Forest in Borneo. That's, yeah, that's not him. No. Hey, he did. Nope, that Henry Chan only three videos. That's not him either. Nope. There's <laughs> one that looks like it's in Korea talking about basketball practice. Probably not. Okay, we'll talk about this after the show. Nah, this, hey, it's kind of funny. All right, and Mike, <laughs> so this is your pick. Why don't you introduce what we're talking about tonight? We are talking about 2014's Transistor from Supergiant Games. And this is their second game. They did Bastion in 2011, which I think was a big hit. And this was, was the, uh, the follow up. And then 2017, they made Pyre, which I can't remember if I said it on recording last week that all I know about Pyre is that the name is Pyre and that Supergiant made it. Like, I don't remember anyone talking about it at the time or even now. And then they made some other game I don't I've never heard of. I think Hades. What is it? What is this game? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Hades is Hades is doing super well for them. People love that game. So I'm curious to see where they go from here. Yeah. Relatively small library for. uh, a developer. And they don't have a lot. Right. Yeah. It is kind of surprising. But they're definitely quality over quantity, which is all right by me. Like I, I had played Bastion a lot, a long time ago, but I had no I hadn't. It's been a long time and I've always meant to play Transistor. I don't know why I didn't. I think it might have been Transistor was Xbox One only at the time or yeah, it's PS4. Well, it wasn't on 360. Oh, so I was like, OK, I, I can't play this at the time because all I had was a 360. So I just didn't even care, and I completely forgot that this game exi- really, you know, like I knew it came out, I knew it existed, but I just had no attention to ever play it. Like I just didn't care, I guess. And yeah, it's definitely one that I was always super interested in. I think I started like the first hour of it multiple times, just put it down for whatever reason. What about you, Henry? I like picked it up at some point, and when I first played it, I did not like it much, but I was much dumber than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a very different type of game because it's it's a ter- it can be turn based, but it's also action based depending on how you how you want to play, which is it's very unique. Like when I first started playing this, the game kind of just drops you into this world, and you're playing this girl that doesn't speak with a giant glowing sword, and it doesn't really like I don't I don't really understand what was happening. I still don't understand what was happening, and I beat this game, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's just so the the battle system is you you have different attack like when it starts off you have like one attack you can use you press the button she flashes her sword okay and as the game 
And then in that first battle, it teaches you that you can either some after you fill after so much time passes, you can you get a turn. You click a button and everything freezes except for you, and you're able to move to an enemy, slash an enemy, hit an enemy so many times, and kind of like plan out what you're gonna do in a, in a turn where they can't counterattack with counterattack you. And I thought that was very in, like that's the main way I think you're supposed to play this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which my my gameplay devolved into not doing that, which we'll we'll touch on later. But I kind of abused a, a system because okay. the each function that you get throughout the game you can use to power up one of your attacks. So like if you get bounce and attach it to something, it'll make it so that thing will bounce between enemies or whatever, what have you. Yes. But it's a very cool system, and I love stuff like that. I was not super fond of that, but I, I used it sometimes. How dare you? <laughs> It didn't work for me very well. Well, I've got bad news for you about X Men Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's it's so it's kind of like the gameplay. That's most of the gameplay is you, you go into an area. You'll be walking through the world that you're in. Continue. We'll, we'll get more into this, but just give like the basic breakdown. And as you and a battle will start, and then it will kind of like you know section off where you're at, like a normal RPG type game would be, except you're in an area like Chrono Trigger does. You know, so you can move around. <laughs> and as the game progresses, you'll get more abilities. You can hold up the four abilities you can choose from. And sometimes they have like a cooldown effect on them, I want to say, like for some of them. Yeah, and then each one takes more of the turn order when you use it during the turn mode. It, I mean, and it has RPG elements to it, too, because as you kill enemies, you end up gaining experience and you get to level up, which I and you get new abilities and stuff. Yep, it's pretty cool. But it's and not like. You can't really like grind because you can't keep fighting enemies over and over again. Yeah, it's it's very linear as far as where you're supposed to go and where it'll let you go. Like if you go through a doorway, typically it won't let you go back the way you came. So it's always ushering you towards the next story beat. It's it's very interesting and all like the and the story is very like it's not given to you. Like I didn't understand what the hell was going on in the first hour of this game at all. That's why we got Henry, so he can explain to us what's what's happening in the story. I do have notes on the story. <laughs> Excellent. Well, no, fine, because it, I knew you were the right person. Really tell you? No, it yeah. basically doesn't tell you at all. I still don't know like some of the key plot points or like what some stuff was about and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like Mike said, it it just drops you into the world. Like Red wakes up, she has no voice. She pulls the sword out of her boyfriend's corpse, and like you're just wondering how you got here and they kind of give you a little replay of it later on. But I found more information in the, uh, the launch trailer where it shows the, uh, the bad guys, the, uh, card camarada camarada. Yeah. Of them attacking red and basically the man in the transistor is given a recap of, they took your voice. They killed me. We need to go stop whatever they're doing. It's kind of dark a little bit. Oh, I mean, yeah, I didn't notice that was his oh, body yeah. though in the in in the sword. Like I didn't know that was his body. I I, mm-hmm. thought, I didn't know it was a body at all. I thought it was just just a sword sticking in the wall. It wasn't until later on I realized, oh, that isn't a person. Oh, <laughs> so uh, all of the functions were people. Did you get that? Later like, on, after I finished the game, yes. Yeah, it's like people killed by the transistor appear in the transistor as as data. Oh, so like as you acquire these functions, you can use them either as main abilities or as passive abilities or to power up the other ones. And you unlock more information about each character that's tied to that particular function. So you can get a little bit of backstory in each character, which I really wish I'd taken the time to read through all, read through all of it. But I did read through all of them Excellent. that I got. <laughs> 
very fascinating. I really wanted to with this one, but then I was like, I don't know what's happening. Probably because I'm not reading all the story, but <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't hand it to you. The game you have. I mean, there are cutscenes or kind of cutscenes. There is stuff where they talk. I mean, Transistor's talking to you all the time. Mm hmm. But it's just mainly like it's a very interesting conversation as you're walking through Cloud Bank, which is the city that you're in. They'll be like, oh, the bars used to be good here. They're not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, just stuff very, like that constantly. It's very reminiscent of the narrator in Bastion where he's kind of like saying what you're doing as you do it. But it's, it's just it's more just flavor in this one. It, it, I really like it. Like there's a part with no reason you go and order a pizza and you get to choose what kind of pizza you want. And he's like, I hope we get back to the apartment in time before it gets old. Like, and, and, and it works because it's just, I mean, I didn't really understand at first that it was her boyfriend in, in the sword. Like that didn't compute right away for mm -hmm. some reason. I don't know why. It's your sword boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Xenogears two before Xenogears two. I, yeah. no I didn't that. figure you were getting anything out of that. <laughs> Like Pyre and Mithra that were just announced for Smash, they are basically weapons that Rex uses. Oh my god, I played that part. I <laughs> You mean Xenoblade, says Xenogears. That's what confused me too. Oh, oh yeah, my bad. There is no Xenogears too. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> Which I don't know if they're even related, Xenogears. I can't remember. They have Xeno in the title. <laughs> yes. We're yeah, I, we're not gonna go into that conversation that that would go kind of deep. We'll get there eventually. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Almost happened already, but so <laughs> I mean this game, <laughs> and I like the storytelling with this game is that it's all given to you, and also you, you find consoles throughout the throughout the game that give you choices and give you a little bit of backstory of what's happening. There's a reporter talking about about is it the the purge? No, not the purge. The process. Process. Yeah, talking about that and little things like that, and I think are very interesting. Like it doesn't. It's all just there, but you have to be looking for it to find the extra, like the backstory. I mean, they give you some, like, oh, hey, we're trying to find the camarade. We got to stop these robots that are destroying Cloud Bank, which are called the Process, which are really kind of frightening, even though they're just white robots, but they're kind of odd looking. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they're low key terrifying. Some of those designs, especially towards the end, like those man oh, creatures. Man, the man suck. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the camarade comes in, kills your boyfriend with a sword, which you find out they were kind of going for you <laughs> and so you're setting out to basically get revenge and you're encountering all these robot people and then you find out that the camarada created them with the help of the transistor i think yes kind the transistor <laughs> kind of <laughs> isn't transistor like a like a paintbrush or something that i know one person kind of someone describes as like the paintbrush for this world that it can rewrite the world yeah, but the world, like, regularly gets rewritten, kind of. Like, you can find stuff where they, like, can just change the color of the sky and, like, the weather mm -hmm. on a whim. So the process was, like, I think the process was already part of Cloud Bank, yeah. that they used it to, like, rearrange it. Because it's, like, a digital city, kind of. Yeah, so it was more of a democracy thing where people could vote on what the sky was or what the weather was, and they're like... Yeah, we want to do that. <laughs> we want to make it an our image. Yeah, basically. So they take your voice to basically use your voice to show that you want what they want. That's what I that's what I took from it anyway. I never figured that out actually why they they just go after like influential figures, but I could never really piece together why. Mm -hmm. I think they were trying they took her voice to use her voice because she was influential to, to right. help push what they're doing essentially be like a celebrity saying oh hey do this but it's not really her talking mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. it's kind of what they were up to 
the game doesn't explain it super well because they don't want to. It's part of it is to have you discuss it, have you discuss mm-hmm. it, have you think about it, have you have it stay in your brain. Kind of did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, also, like, I like how the town, like, when you first start in town, it looks kind of normal. You have these white blocks, which are the same type of color of the process like, that, that don't really fit in. But everything else looks kind of normal-ish. But as mm-hmm. the game progresses, the city starts becoming more and more processed, essentially, where it's all very bland. It's all very white and corporate. White, yeah, white say. slate. Yeah. Like yeah. a clean slate. Yeah, that's but, probably uh, what they're going for. That aesthetic, I really like it in this game. Everything looks watercolor painted and whatnot before it's wiped clean. It's a very cool choice. And like you were saying with the power ups too, you find dead bodies that give you power ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and like all and to, to put your other thing, they 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 tried to kill her with a the transistor. They think they threw it at her, but it missed her for some reason and went into her boyfriend. Uh-huh. Her boyfriend but, took the blow for her, I think. Yeah. Okay, that's and what I, it was. I think even I know I read online that Sybil, who had originally she's one of the camaraderie who said they should get you knew that the boyfriend would try and defend her knew he would be there so part of this was planned by her i guess i don't know yeah because yeah. she liked red yeah right she was jealous of the boyfriend so she was trying to have him killed essentially there you go it's and the and the enemy variety i think is there's actually a decent amount of as the game progresses you get different enemy variety i mean you you fight the same stuff but it felt like they'll they'll change them a little bit like they did mm-hmm. enough to yeah. add to change up the gameplay where it didn't feel like i was just grinding away in an rpg yeah it, there's a decent variety even outside of the upgrades there's a decent variety for as short as the game is it's only like four to six hours but yeah like you said they they, they kind of upgrade throughout the course of the game like the cheerleaders, the little bastards <laughs> will shield other enemies. And eventually they get to the point where they shield themselves periodically, too. So you have to wait for their shield to go down, kill them, and then you can kill the other enemy. No, I just beat on them and thought that's what got rid of the shield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it kind of just goes off every so often. OK, they were they were annoying, but it's cool how the, it has that in this game, how so many things change. Mm hmm. I mean, the enemies are constantly changing, just like your world is. And your uh, your weapon loadout constantly changes too. Mm-hmm. If you like yeah, mess around with a different function, <laughs> well, mine kept changing because I kept I would die. Like if you lose in a battle, the first thing that will happen is if your health goes down to zero, it will take away one of your abilities. Mm-hmm. And then so each you get time the emergency turn, and then if you go from there and lose, it'll. It deletes whichever function ha- uses the most turn order, I think. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I, I didn't know what was the math or, you know, what was the reasoning for it? I think it's through one of the loading tool tips I that I learned that. <laughs> I had a game to play. <laughs> I did. I was just I, I did have fun, though, but I did. I just kept playing. Like, I was I, I, I constantly trying to unlock all the the journal entries by using the process or the functions in different ways. So my loadout was constantly changing too, but like I always tried to keep crash on because it's the one that you start with. It's the most, it's the easiest to use and it makes everything more susceptible to other functions. I don't think I use crash very often. Crash is very good for like setting mm-hmm. up devastating combos. Cause you can mix it with breach, I think. And then it does yeah. a lot more damage. So that's like a huge killer. So, like, Mask, if you use it as an active ability, it makes you invisible. But if you put it, attach it to something else, it does more damage from behind. So I would activate turn, go behind the enemy, use Crash to make it more susceptible, and then use the Mask to Breach to do just 
absolute damage to him. Okay, you played this differently than I did then. It's yeah, it's it's fun when you really start messing with the options. I tried, but I I would I experimented because I kept dying, so I would lose abilities and have to experiment with other abilities, so I would have abilities. But <laughs> I had a I had a tough time sometimes with the gameplay. I, I guess yeah. I wasn't I would mess up and put the things in different places because you can you can take the other upgrades you get and put them in different abilities like we we're talking about to power to change the abilities. And I would do that, but I would I would get stuck on the same that I was used to and I liked, and I would just keep using mm-hmm. those. I wouldn't experiment. But because of the enemies upgrade, you're supposed to change up your tactics too to compensate for it you met me i, I don't know <laughs> yeah, i, know. When I, I find something though. i like i stick with it that's just, what i eventually devolved into because you get ping which is just a rapid fire shot and i put that with purge which does damage over time i think it's purge i don't know one of those doesn't matter but uh it just turned into a, a shooter for me because i would hit them with ping and they would continuously take damage and while that was happening i moved to another enemy and hit them with ping it, it ended up being a lot of fun that way too that's really interesting i hadn't even considered that combo i slept ping on uh breach i think oh yeah because it reduces the planning cost according to this wiki if you put it as a secondary function so yeah that's pretty smart too but there are a lot of options, obviously, like to the point where it even changes how you play the game. Like I went from turn-based combat to just uh, an over a top-down shooter, <laughs> which I find that hard because, like, I know sometimes I would have where I would do an attack and it would hit, and then I could do it right away again. And some attacks it would make me have like longer cooldowns. Mm-hmm. Like the, basically, the more powerful it is, the longer it's gonna okay make you wait in between uses. I did a lot of running too. Yeah, there's a lot of running. Jaunt helps quite a bit for that. Yeah, Jaunt is essential if you want to unlock the um, the like the I guess the lore for that character. You pretty much have to switch that one out early on, or you're just dead. Like game. Mm-hmm. I ended up using it. I put it in ping too. So as a secondary function, Jaunt makes it whatever you attach it to be able to you be used while your turn is refilling. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> So I would use up all my turn order using the crash breach combo. And then while that was refilling, I would run around using the ping. It's a lot of fun. I really like this game. <laughs> I'm glad, though. I'm glad that you did. Mm-hmm. I was happy to finally play it all the way through because that's what's great about this show is you put something on here and it's basically an excuse to finally sit down and play something or to make the other person suffer by making them play something like <laughs> Robotech. <laughs> hey, I suffered too. <laughs> I just enjoyed the suffering, but it was that was a bad game. Yes. We keep referencing it too. Uh huh. Another thing about like this town, I know that they mentioned like with the democracy thing we were talking about, is that there's a mention somewhere in the story about how they would build a bridge, but then people would change their mind. They would change that bridge into a road, or change that road into a train. Like they couldn't make up their mind what they wanted because people would vote differently, and that's what the camarade was trying to stop that from happening. Like, okay, we're just going to make it so things stay and stop changing all the time, so we can improve the city. That makes sense. It's something like that. The camarade are like these four people who are working together who were the ones that started the whole thing with the process going crazy and changing the entire city and killing people. Like you do. Because <laughs> the process is like, it's killing everybody is essentially what it's doing. It, it's converting everything. And I, and I love when you see an area that's like very been processed. As every, like you were saying before, everything's just white slate. Like it's mm-hmm. very, it's kind of unnerving, especially because the city is so colorful when you're in normal parts of the city that haven't been affected yet. Mm-hmm. So and that and... Like, you don't run into other living people in this game. Like, they're either dead already, they've evacuated, or they've been processed. 
you meet one living person. One guy, the, the final boss. <laughs> yeah, everybody else is dead. <laughs> I probably should have said spoilers for Transistor when we started this episode. Yeah, well, people know by now what the show. Is I, I would think so. Eh, it doesn't. I mean, this game doesn't. I don't. The story is really cool, but you're. It's just a very interesting game. Mm-hmm. And even if you heard what we we're saying, I don't think it would really make sense if you yeah, didn't play the game. Like all three of us have played through it, and even Henry, who's a super <laughs> fan, is not even one hundred percent sure what's going on. This is my third playthrough, and I had forgotten like basically everything except for like the ending in the beginning until I did this recent playthrough. That's that's fun though to be able to just replay a game for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish I could replay Chrono Trigger again uh, for the first time. But it's still fun every time. And okay, I do have a question. There's one enemy that would take pictures of you. What does that even do? Obscure uh, the screen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. That didn't affect much. I was always so confused. Like, what is it? Is this hurting me? Like, what's happening here? Because it would just take pictures, <laughs> and a little like a, a picture of her would pop up in the screen and block part of the screen. But I, I didn't. It didn't affect me any. I'm like, what is the yeah. point of this? It, it just let me see Red's beautiful face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it does attack you as well. But like, once it gets upgraded, I think that's when like the screen obscuring like really becomes like kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. It was just annoying to me. Snapshots are what they're called. Okay, and it's I I just love all the dialogue back and forth between her and the sword. Mm-hmm. It's Which, really good because she can't as, talk. Exactly. Yeah. So the few times she talks to him, she talks through those OVC the weather oh, yeah. the news machines and my favorite moment in the game comes from her typing on one of those it's when transistors being affected by the spine which is this giant worm like enemy that you see flying around in the backgrounds yeah yeah and whenever he gets close to it he gets all messed up which leads to basically him acting like he's drunk a couple <laughs> of times which is funny just like it is in big hero 6 when Baymax is on low battery mode, but he's kind of freaking out because, of course, he's scared. Something's wrong with him. And she's like, I'm going to find whatever is doing this and break its heart. Like, oh, that's such a badass moment. (laughs) And she does. You fight the the spine and you go inside it and literally break its heart. That was not a fun fight for me. No, it wasn't fun for me. And I was playing the game right. So I think it just meant to be tough. I had, a, I had a hard time with it. The boss fights are, I thought, are hard in this game, too. The three of them. You fight yeah. the Spine twice, you fight Sybil, and then Royce at the end, which is, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. <laughs> I do want to talk about Sybil a little bit. So Sybil, like, I didn't really, when you fight Sybil's early in the game, I didn't really understand any what was happening in the game. Like, I didn't understand where it was going. I didn't know any, I, I was completely confused. And I didn't catch on that Sybil was a person, really, like, I mean, mm-hmm. they mentioned it right in the first, like, right when you get to, like, oh, Sybil, I used to work with her, and she got processed and stuff, and I just, it didn't really click, I guess, right away. Yeah. That's a messed up fight. It, it likes to leave you with more questions than answers. Like, even, as we said, through the the, the end of the game, you're still like, holy, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does it a lot, though. Do you have anything <sighs> you want to add, Henry, about Sybil, or... Uh, I just had a lot of, like, that was probably the hardest fight in the game for me, because I hadn't really figured out a good loadout yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty early on, and she's got three forms, I think? Yeah, Two and a three. lot of health. Yeah. She's, uh, she's pretty tough. And I was kind of disappointed later on in the game, because I thought that she was setting up 
the standard. Like you were going to fight her and then you were going to fight Grant and Asher when you get to them. And it was such a letdown. You're going up through this big tower where the camarada's base is and Grant's talking to you on the OVC machines. It's like, okay, you're a monsieur, you're a monsieur. Asher's Asher's kind of losing it. And you get up there and Asher has killed himself and Grant not wanting to live without him also did. Or vice versa. I might have had those names backwards the whole time. I think it I think it's Asher who's talking to you, but like yeah. it's intended to be an anticlimax, I think, with them killing themselves. It's kinda like it's kinda heartbreaking too, because they couldn't handle what was happening with the process either. Mm-hmm. This guilt. They they <laughs> wanted to rewrite the world, but they kinda did it in the worst way. It wasn't their plan. <laughs> yeah. I think that's also very interesting too. Is that mm-hmm. they wanted to make this happen but not it, it it went a lot worse than they had any expectation expectation to. Like they did not think they were going to lose control of the process, or that the process would just start killing everyone and rewriting them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's also very interesting. Yeah, I think it's because they didn't have like the transistor because they um, yeah. went after Red, so then they couldn't control the process. Okay. Yeah. And that's probably it's all Red's fault then. <laughs> <laughs> it's all their fault. Trying to use this most powerful weapon tool and. Losing control of it. How they lose it? Just because it went and killed the guy and they just lost it then? Yeah, that's unclear. It's okay. unclear. I think it's uh, deliberately unclear, though. Yeah, I would imagine, like, as soon as the transistor left their possession, the process probably went a little crazy. Oh, plus, didn't it teleport too, I think? <laughs> yes, it did, because, because I think the boyfriend might have teleported them. Okay, because where, where, where it stabs him and where they end up are two completely different places. I thought it all took place on the empty set. Yes, but when you find his body, it's not on there. Yeah, you're on oh, the Oh, yeah, because you're set. getting to the empty set. That's right. So that makes sense. Okay, so they, they hit him with the sword, and then it just, they couldn't find, and they didn't know where it went. Right, right, right. God, this game's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it, I mean, it is very. And then I, the enemies, like we, as I said before, one of the enemies I want to mention is the cluckers. They're like, little, they make chicken sounds. They, they throw <laughs> eggs at you, like egg, like bombs, and yeah. run away. They look uh, like, God, I don't even know what. They just look like. Early PS1 third person platformer enemies. It's <laughs> like something from Billy Hatcher or something, which I know is not PS1, but still. No, I want to play it though, by the way. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is your call. I'm not picking it. <laughs> Glowing recommendation. <laughs> and also, like, as I was saying before, like when you lose, like, I got sidetracked. When you lose abilities, you have to, before you can get them back, you have to like find two different terminals. So maybe go through like a battle or two, and then you'll find two terminals and you can get them back. Mm-hmm. Those I thought that was are where you change your load on, where you can see all this other information and whatnot. Yeah, and they're they're quite often almost after they're after like most battles you'll mm-hmm. find pretty they're 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 spread out pretty well like, you can go back to one but that won't help you reset the timer I found out because I tried <laughs> yeah they, they definitely do, they wanna, people just do that like I like I tried they want to give you plenty of options to change up how you're playing and your yeah, abilities and stuff like I'm watching a video right now as we talk and I'm see, they're playing completely different than how I played. Oh, that would be interesting to watch just to see what other loadouts people use. Oh, I, I actually had to I actually had to watch a video to see what loadout they use for a certain fight in this kind of we'll get there. <laughs> um the thing that also surprised like when we first fight Sybil, you have to kill her three times mm-hmm. because since she was human and then process she's kinda like you where she you know, you crash her once and she can keep going. And I did not like that. <laughs> I almost I barely beat that fight. <laughs> it's pretty tough. So there's only 
three boss fights and they're all pretty pretty hard because you're just not used to it at that point. And this game is divided up in pretty like pretty interesting chapters. Like at the end of each like chapter, we should say, like she gets on something. One, you get to the bike and she rides the bike and it goes from the way the graphics are normally to like a it's a comic book style drawing of a 2D thing where she's on the bike and you can press A to power it up for absolutely no reason, but you can just do it. And <laughs> it looks cool. cool. It looks cool. It's very it's cool. cool. It's the role of cool. <laughs> it's it was very interesting. And again, it was just more talking of just the more sword talking to her, mm-hmm. even though she can't talk back. And he's it, got he's got such a nice voice though. It's, and you Cunningham. can feel the, like the thing is you can feel the relationship between the two, the two, even though she's not talking to him. You can mm-hmm. still feel it. And, and I thought that was very interesting how it made me actually care. Yeah, she's a great silent protagonist because she is like silent, but she's still a character. It's very. Yeah, dark. it's not just like, I don't want to shit on Chrono with you, Mike, but wow. characters like that where they're just there not saying anything. And you're just like, is is this guy all right? Like, why isn't he talking? Hey, Chrono has one line in that game. Yeah, well, it's during one of the non-canon endings. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> Yeah, no, I. I It is cool that they gave us a silent protagonist with an explanation why she's silent, and then still is able to talk in a way. Anyway, the the parts when she types, deletes what she's typing, and then retypes things so he can see it. That that's really Mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of it's this game is heart wrenching at times though. Oh God. Yeah, we'll get to the ending for sure, but oh man, I like just even the little aesthetic things like the sword is too big for her to carry. So she just drags it behind her and it leaves the little circuit tree sparks behind it. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, does that little like thing where you can press R1 for me at least and where she like jumps in the air and twirls, it doesn't speed up anything. There's no purpose to it. The flourish? No, it's just for for show. And even he's like, I don't think I can handle you throwing me around a whole lot more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did you do it a bunch? Oh, yeah. Quite a bit. (laughs) There's that button and there's one that makes her hum along to the music that's playing, which is beautiful. Again, serves no purpose, but man, it's a cool. The head buttons. They actually foreshadow the ending theme with that. If you use it during the first section when the sword gets like red drunk, if you hum, she hums the ending theme. Oh, awesome. That's cool. That's a really nice detail. But speaking of the music, the song that plays very early on, The Spine of the World, is absolutely incredible. Like, I have it on my Apple Music and it comes up on my shuffle all the time. And it's just such a pretty song. Nothing. I, I did enjoy. It. I actually <laughs> played this without headphones. I'm not. I mean, without podcast. I actually listened to this entire game while playing it. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't even know what it is about it, but it definitely ropes you in with what little talking and music and whatnot there are. There is. It's a character development. It's just the way that you end up feeling for this character and the way they they designed her that you mm-hmm. actually want to care about her. The soundtrack is actually like that's. It's probably my favorite game soundtrack of all time. Mm-hmm. And also just like one of my top five albums, period. Like, it's so good. I think that was the first time we talked about it in Overblood is talking about the soundtrack. And I'm like, I'm going to make a mental note about this Henry Chan because I think think he's going to be on this episode when we get to it. Yeah, that makes sense. I can't like I, I wish I knew like better ways to talk about how great the soundtrack is because it's mm-hmm. just incredible. It's definitely one that I recommend looking up and just listening to because it's it's great. It's on YouTube. I imagine so. It's probably on 
Spotify and all that good stuff too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't include music on this podcast like some shows would right now <sighs> because I don't want to deal with ever dealing with copyright issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> It definitely I mean, sucks because, like, I would love to do just a music episode and basically rip off Brett Elston's. God damn it! What the hell? Is that? Uh, VG Empire. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, you right. can do it, but it's just there's certain issues with it, and I just mm-hmm. don't want to mess with. It. I mean, I know fair use if you're talking about it while it's playing for X amount, of, but I just don't want to fuck around with yeah, it. It's better safe than sorry. Yeah. Because it can fuck up your entire YouTube channel. It doesn't really matter right now, but it can still mess <laughs> things up. I don't want yeah. on that road. Uh, definitely, at least check out the Spine of the World because it's a beautiful song okay i, I don't remember it. none of the songs like i mean i enjoyed them while they were happy but nothing stuck with me but then again yeah I mean, this was i think the only one that has lyrics to it there's a couple that have lyrics uh this is like i listened to the soundtrack more than i've played the game <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> yeah like this is a, this is a good couple the track when you fight sybil also has lyrics oh nice yeah i don't remember any lyrics in this game but it could uh, be. I just don't remember because it's been yeah. A week. This spine of the world happens very very early on. I think it's in like the first or second chamber that you're in. You go to the end of it and you check out a poster of Red, and he's just like, "Come on, you don't you don't need to see this. Let's go." And if you stand there, he's just like, "No, come on, we need to go. Like this isn't healthy." But that song's playing in the background and is awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. Okay, I I wish I could remember it better. But I have no. That's okay. No recollection of this event. Take they my do. Word for it. Uh, they do actually tell you on like the YouTube page that the story is really important, or the music is really important to the story, and I think that's really interesting because even more than like Bastion or Pyre or Hades, like the music is really integral to Transistor's story because of how like Red is the singer for it, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that that she's a she's a singer. That has no voice. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it ironic? I mean, that's just, I mean, it makes sense. They took her. Why they took her voice? Mm-hmm. And you know, and, very, and many different like story wise and just kind of like theme wise and everything. Oh, like as a singer, that's all she had. So yeah, drives drives her to desperation too. And they kill her boyfriend, and she's like, okay, we need to we need to do something about these kill people. Kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and you're mostly just fighting robots. I guess it's a little different too, though, because everyone's yeah. already dead. So I know there's a lot of talks that CloudBank or in the lore when I was watching videos on YouTube that CloudBank is actually a computer. You're inside a computer or a VR world or something, people think. I didn't get any of that, but they definitely talk about going to the country with a capital C. Yeah. Typically when people die. So I don't know. I think it's one of those open to interpretation kind of things. Okay. Yeah, I think country is like a euphemism, maybe Mm -hmm. just like by the farm, you know? Yeah, basically heaven. Okay. Without calling it that. <laughs> yeah, because if you did that, Nintendo wouldn't publish you on Super Nintendo. <laughs> so. <laughs> but also, we should talk about that after you kill an enemy, they all they always turn into a thing called a cell, which is a little item you have to grab or the enemy <laughs> will respawn. Yeah. And that can be really annoying, especially if you're fucking up in fights like I was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I handicapped myself in this game by being dumb. <laughs> so you in this game you get an item that called, is a loaded statement <laughs> uh, well okay you get an item called limiters and i thought yeah. limiters were like limit breaks kind of idea something to make oh, you more no. powerful okay no. so i turned them all on and then as the oh, game no pressed, i'm like god this is getting really hard i'm like hmm and then and after i die in the game like do you want to play with limiters on or off i'm like well if they're helping me why would i turn them off i'm like oh no, no. that i no. realized what i was doing wrong uh, 
Yeah, for those who don't know, limiters are things that you can turn on to make the game more difficult and give you more experience in return. But some of those are just insane. And one of them makes multiple cells appear when they die. So I'm sure you're having a, a real tough time with that. Yeah, I mean, God. And I'm like, man, this is, they all have shield. They're all bad. So like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, why is it? I'm like, oh, game got so much easier if I turned it off. Uh-huh. So, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. I was dying a bunch in the end, and that's how I realized I was fucking up. Spawn more shields, or spawn more cells. The seal, cells respawn faster. You lose access to six memory, which is devastating. Oh, yeah, that... <laughs> oh, I don't know why. Like, I, I, I just thought they were helping me out because you were getting them at level up. I want to <laughs> say Bastion had something similar. I can't remember. It's been so long since I played it. It was yeah. one of my d- dumber moments in the. It was my dumbest moment in this game. But oh man, after I got done, because I played a good chunk of this game with three limiters on, <laughs> and after that, <laughs> well, what the game got a lot easier. <laughs> you're playing. You're you're fighting with weighted shoes on. So once you took those off, you could you could open up. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great. Like I'm like, wow, every fight isn't a pain anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know you briefly mentioned it before, but when you like when you when you kill the spy, like we were kidding, you literally have a scene of her walking in a two D design you see the heart and you just cut out the heart it's so cool <laughs> yeah it's it's brutal and like there's a part she rides a boat too is one of the of one of the cutscene transitions she rides the bike twice mm-hmm. and she also rides this i think ride the bike twice. she also rides a swarm of the little process things that you fight at one point yeah mm-hmm. the That's- bike is cool because you crash it the first time so you have to leave it where you are and then you eventually circle back around and by the time you come back, that area is just unrecognizable. It wasn't until I saw, saw the bike that I'm like, oh, shit, this is the same place. Because the, the storytelling yeah. thing, too. Mm-hmm. How it does that in this game. Because normally when you redo an area, it's like, okay, we're running out of time or money. We're just going to throw you back in the same area because we don't want to make new assets. But they're completely new assets. <laughs> I mean, games do it all the time. Yeah. Not unusual, especially, you know, look at Chrono Trigger, how much it reuses sprites sometimes later on in the game. Yeah. Or the DS version of Chrono Trigger, they completely just reused all the sprites to make new areas. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> th- this game does it with the enemies because they just upgrade the existing ones, but it's fine. I, just wish, I wish they didn't upgrade because they get hard as hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, also, that part when you're going up to the tower, when we, we mentioned earlier where you find Kendall asher and the other guy that are dead and like the whole conversation you have in the terminals as you're going up as he keeps sending you messages it's kind of it's it's very deep too like you can kind of see the the depression and everything hitting him as you're as you're climbing up the mm-hmm. tower yeah he's kind of <sighs> losing it yep it's like uh this is not what we intended to do but i understand that you need to do what you need to do but then he doesn't give you the the satisfaction he kills himself which i mean you commit certain crimes it's time to go sometimes but, I mean, the world transistor, no one's truly dead because now they just live in the sword. So the the man in the transistor's like, okay, we got questions. <laughs> <laughs> and the, maybe they didn't. I mean, they should have realized that. Yeah. Oh, I do have a question for both of you guys. But did either of you use the dog at all that you can summon? Yes. Uh, help? Yeah. The, the help function. Yeah. Like, uh, not a whole lot. It was one that if I needed to pull something off to make room in the memory it's one i would pull out but i I used him a few times but he wasn't super useful to me but i wonder if i just didn't have him set up right or something he can be very useless or incredibly useful depending on how you have him set up he was Mm -hmm. like a staple in my uh setup for 
all of the game up until I started fighting the man enemies. And I, like, I demolished the spine using the dog. Oh, excellent. Because <laughs> okay. get, he gets his own separate turn order. Yes. Like, if you press R1, he can, like, just bark. And he just annihilates things if you give him <laughs> the right upgrades. That's so cool. I love that there's so many options for combat. Yeah, he didn't annihilate anything for me, but he did bark at stuff and hurt him. <laughs> I gave him the heart once. Oh, God, don't do that. Because the heart will turn enemies on your side. So he would bark, turn the enemy on my side. It would be on my side for like 10 seconds, and then he'd just go run away. It was I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> I got taken off real fast. That, that heart was terrible for me. because I would hit something. I would charm it. It would be on my side. But then I just like, I want to kill it, not, not work with it. So, yeah, it can help for like some enemies, but it's pretty... It's pretty, like, that's playing with fire, especially if yeah. you forget about them. Switch is the function. But it kind of reminded me of, oh, God, Binary Domain, where you could shoot the heads <laughs> and they would, <laughs> they would fight the other robots, but they're, like, mostly dead because you just took so much damage out of them anyway. So if you're hitting them with Switch with something attached to something super heavy, they're going to be near death anyway. So it's not going to, I don't know, I didn't have a whole lot of success with it. Hey, but at least in Binary Domain, you can hurt them and kill them when you're ready to. In this game, you can't hurt them when they're charmed. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I was very upset. <laughs> Control has an ability like that, too, where you can turn enemies to your side. And it's a lot of fun to use on that. I need to play that. Yep, you do. That. And then they're, like, near the end of the game, after like I think right before you find out that they killed themselves, they have the message where they send a message to Cloudbank saying, we did this, we're sorry. Like, we mm-hmm. fucked up. Even though there's no one left to read it, which I think you. Transistor even says that. People aren't really getting these messages anymore. But he's dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they wiped out an entire city, you know? Yeah, a little bit. I think the city is the only thing of life, too, in this place. I don't think there's anything else but the city. And they, they had been killing people for a while, because a lot of the functions you come across, when you open up the, the tab that shows the lore and the man in the transistor's like, man, I thought he I thought he moved. I, what, he, that was years ago. Oh, uh, they were doing it for a long time then. Yeah, they've been at it for a while, apparently. Okay, it's it's very interesting. Like it, it it made it really made me care about the story in a very without giving me a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Dark Souls. Yeah, I was just, it's actually like what Souls. I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh, I want to do Dark Souls so bad in this show, but there's just no way. No, there's no way. Not as a regular episode. It has to be something <laughs> very unique and special, and I yeah can't. That might be something like whenever we get around to video with the episodes, like show some of our terrible gameplay of it. <sighs> I've beaten Dark Souls, but whew, it's, a, Impressive. it's a monster. It was before a podcast when I had time. So <laughs> I also like as you as you progress to the game, the enemies upgrade. They always show you that the enemies upgrade. And when you hit right trigger to go into your turn mode, it will show you that they have changed a little bit and tell you what's changed. I think that was also very cool mm-hmm. from a gameplay static. Yeah. Instead of just, wow, this guy's hitting harder or this guy has a shield now. It's like this, this is what's going on. <laughs> a green imp instead of a blue imp. So he must be stronger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I like that, how it did it. It didn't, ups, you know, I don't really care when you reuse sprites because I understand or reuse mm-hmm. designs, but I, I like how he did it in this game. I thought it was very well. Yep. And then change their name too. They go from 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. Yeah, it's kind of like the same thing of the given an excuse for a silent protagonist. It's given an excuse for reusing the same asset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I, say, I really did like the silent protagonist though, but I also have a, I have no problem with them for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mind if the guy don't talk. He don't need to talk. He doesn't need to make himself sound like an idiot. I don't need to hear. Yeah, yeah. No, you do. <laughs> uh, Henry, you want to talk about the man enemies that we brought up a couple times? 
Yeah, they're uh, so <laughs> it's we're just talking about like how they don't like they're reusing assets. I think the man enemy combat encounters were probably the only part of the game where I felt like that was actually like it just kind of went on for too long because mm-hmm. you just keep fighting room after room after room of them. But I had a really good loadout, so it like it went by really quick because I kept like essentially slaughtering them. But like it, it is really noticeable because you just like you only fight like man enemies for like mm-hmm. the last five six rooms they're the the last variation of enemies that they introduced to and they are they save the best for last because they hit like trucks they're super fast <laughs> and i think there's even a battle where you're fighting like three different flavors of them yes there is yeah that and that has to that has to do with what's happening in the game when you get there, because that this is the point when you're you roll the little process swarm to the final area, or at least you did something to get to the final area. Everything's a clean slate. You have wrote wrote what the hell is the guy's name? Rice, 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 rice. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That Not rice. <laughs> you have R talking to you on little TV monitors that are floating around, talking to you, telling you about hey, you got to come find me and this and that. And that's when you're fighting the man enemies, which are people that were processed and not and not killed, but turned into robots essentially that's yeah. wild so it's kind of like that it, that's a point is it's a very dark thing that's happening and and how evil these people were what they did and he's not i mean we're granting them like oh i'm sorry i fucked up this guy's like no no we're gonna fix it we're, i didn't fuck up we just gotta fix it mm-hmm. it's like you and me together we could we could use that paintbrush you're holding to reshape the world how we whatever we want like yeah i got you this far dude yeah no one no one it's when it's over I mean that. I think that's why you're fighting those man enemies too. Like it's more everything in this game kind of has some meaning to it. What's going on? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I just like. I wish they had more variety or something because they like they can two shot you. Like they're deadly. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with them. I also turned limiters off at this point too. But I had no problem. <laughs> with them. Like they they did not. They were not hard for me. Surprisingly, like I had easier time with them than I did with some of the other enemies earlier in the game. Well, you play the rest of the game on hard mode, so that was probably <laughs> par for the course at that point. It was a chunk of the game on hard mode, <laughs> but that might have been part of it. Yeah, I turned it off by now, but I still I, I didn't have any problem with them at all. No, I mean, like it's it's not so much like they're too hard. Like I really struggled with them on my first two playthroughs, but I used a uh, void which like debuffs the enemy so they take more damage and then i just use that with crash and breach and i could essentially just like take out two of them in one turn nice it's just like they really i don't know their design is really unnerving which is really cool and they shoot out the haircut enemies so they can make <laughs> more enemies <Yeah>. to fight <laughs> yeah Oh, we should talk about the back door thing that pops up throughout this game in a couple different parts, mm-hmm. which is like a little like safety room type thing where she can go and there's like time trials or something you can do too, which I t- bothered with one failed and that was it. Oh, I got the first one. I think I did even the second one. And I'm like, I don't think these are doing anything for me. I think they give you experience, but maybe it. Yeah, I only did two of them and then I didn't bother touching the rest of them because I did the optional challenges in Bastion and just hated those yeah (laughs) okay so i wasn't the only one that just sits through this i went in there once saw what it was and went nah i'm good get a little (laughs) a little fox pet in there though oh yeah it's super cute Mm -hmm. i still really like the cutscene when she's eating pizza and i like how you can choose i know it's a long time ago but i still want to bring it up how you can choose different pizzas to order and i ordered the the monster yeah the the sea monster monster. (laughs) yeah even the man the transistor is like well, there's really only one option here, <laughs> even though there's four. <laughs> and I, the second time I was going through the game, 
I pick something else, he's like, I guess that's good too. But <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Like, there's that. There's this, there's a scene. It's midway through the game when you go. You after you get the pizza, you fight Sybil. You get to her apartment, and they go in the apartment, and they and they shows her eating and laughing with the sword. Mm-hmm. And and then she locks the door, and he's like, "You locked yourself out of your apartment." Oh. Yeah, that and that it, it hits. It's like you're not coming back. <laughs> like yeah. one way or another, she's not coming back to this apartment. And I, I I really like that, and I think that that kind of really hits like what's going on with the story and what's going on in her mind. It's it's so impressive the way they convey so much story with such little dialogue. You don't need full motion cutscenes or anything like an RPG. It's just it's very impressive. Hey, yeah. Chrono Trigger did it too. Yes, that is true. But there's still <laughs> people standing around talking for minutes on end. Yes. Yeah, so what do you think, Chrono? Okay, we'll do that too, Chrono. Yeah, yeah, those moments too. <laughs> <laughs> I have to reference the best game ever made whenever I yeah, can. Yeah. Your favorite game ever made. Don't, don't, don't put it on everyone else. <laughs> it is one of the best, though. Yeah, it's, go back and listen to episode 100. You made someone up out there very upset just now, I'm sure. Yeah, I know. That was on purpose. Uh, so, anything else you want to say about the enemies, or should we go on to the final boss, or anything we have missed? Don't know. I don't I think, think so. Covered it pretty well. Yeah. Okay. So the f- I have a couple questions about the final boss fight. So as you're getting, <laughs> I was confused what the hell's going on. So as you're getting to Royce, you end up in a room with a bunch of transistors. Like you get teleported somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You like you use the transistor to rewrite the process or send them away to like get them to just leave the city because you can't beat them, but you can just send them el- elsewhere. And you're too murder close. Other people. Okay. <laughs> I guess. It's really unclear. They might just go off and, like, I don't know, deforest someplace. <laughs> but you get absorbed into the transistor because you're, like, too close. Okay. Because I was really confused when you go in there. Like, I don't remember any of this final part where you're walking in the red background. And she puts the sword in the cradle. I have no recollection of any of this. I don't know why. I know I did it, but I have no recollection of it. Mm-hmm. I did it yesterday, so it's all very fresh. (laughs) Like, I stood there for a couple minutes and, like, I really don't want to put the sword in here. Like, I feel like this is the bad bad choice, but it doesn't give you an option. I just wish I could. I don't know why I can't remember this. I don't know, because we beat it, like, two weeks ago. (laughs) What? I I stay about it. Well, maybe you're right. No, I did beat it for my... Yeah, you're right. Never mind. It has been, like, two weeks. But, yeah, I I don't remember. Okay, so you you shove the sword in the cradle... Which kind of like resets the computer or something? Something or like that. The world. Yeah, it just it just like sends. It's to control the process, basically. Okay, I'm watching the cutscene right now to see if I can any of it makes sense. <laughs> I can't hear anything, but at least I can watch it. Okay, I guess I, I don't know why my brain did not like. I I think I was tired. I was just trying to finish this game quickly. Mm-hmm. I just remember all of a sudden I was in a boss fight in the freaking room with a with a in a weird area with a bunch of transistors in the background, and he has a transistor. And I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, like, it makes for uh, an interesting boss fight because suddenly you're fighting someone that can do everything that you've been doing the whole game. So, is there only one transistor then? Uh, unclear. Because <laughs> obviously he has one too. So, but you're inside the cradle inside where the bunch of them are. But there's only uh, one outside in the real world, I think. Yeah, only one uh, in the real world. But I think there's a bunch in the cradle, like in the transistor world. Okay, hmm. yeah, that makes sense. He's a uh, he's tough. Because he's like, it's like, oh, who should go first? How about me? And then all of a sudden, he activates the turn order that you've been doing. He stops time. 
And you just have to watch as he loads up all these functions against you, and you can't do anything about it. Hmm? <laughs> and, uh, Mike, I know you struggled in this fight. I died four times. I had to use a guide. Or I looked up a video. I saw what they did for their setup. I did that setup, and I still barely beat them. It was, uh, it's, it's pretty tough, because like we said, that when you die, it activates the emergency turn, and then if you die again, it starts taking away your functions. And uh, I had become pretty reliant on that ping combo I was talking about earlier, so when he got me that first time, it pulled ping off. I'm like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> like, I was so reliant on it, I had to start falling back into other options, and I, I still managed to beat him on the first try, but man, is it tough. I mean, you can kind of hide around the, the things and the, the trash can looking thingies to divert some damage from him. And I know mm. I followed your idea where I would hit him and I would run as far as I could away from him and try to slow him down a little bit. Yeah, we hadn't mentioned that, that as you move during turn order, it takes up some of that turn function. So you do the same thing to him. You kind of run away from him and he has to move to you and it burns up some of his turn. But he's he's terrible. That was a really hard fight. And I did not like it at all. <laughs> it's, it's very well designed, though, because like I said, you're you're fighting a mirror. You're basically fighting someone that can do everything that you can do. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. I was How very dare you I mean, even the playing field. <sighs> yeah, that's what I felt because he's powerful as hell, too. He has some good moves. Mm-hmm. And he was hitting me. I'm pretty good with him at first until I mean, once I started to kind of, you know, kill him a couple times and he got rid of some of those moves then he wasn't as bad. I mean, I was running out of moves, too, but. It's, he, uh, he probably wasn't playing with limiters on either, so... I had limiters off. Oh, yeah, no, I know that. I still can't believe I did that. I was like, wow, really, Mike? Really? Why are you playing like this? At least you made it games. openly on the on the podcast. Well, I make games easier. I mean, anyone who <laughs> listens to the show knows I find ways to cheat, even like with, I think, Adam had a count once on Symphony Night episode. He's like, you find a way to cheat even when you're not cheating. How I got the yeah. Carcinian. In. The, the Chris Grimm, yeah. Yeah, like, we're not even trying. I wasn't even farming. I just got lucky and it dropped my third guy I killed or something like that. Or the first one I killed. It dropped really fast. And I was like, what the fuck? So, yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't make games hard. I want them easy. I want to I want to blow through them and move on to the next game. Because that's what we do here. So. I don't know why I did limiters, but okay. Anything else about say Henry? Anything you want to say about Royce? <laughs> My fight was very different from your guys's. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically an execution for me because of my void crash breach combo. Like oh, it just nice. demolished him. I had him on the ropes <laughs> the whole time. Wow, that's the right way to play it, though. Royce so is Mike... a great character too, though. Like his voice acting is so good. Mm-hmm. He is definitely one of those. He's kind of like. G-Man where he's very level toeing the entire time he's talking to you and it kind of makes you hate him because he's so <laughs> so calm in the face of all this chaos that he's he's sown like yeah, this guy needs to go and like you can't even beat him because even when he dies he still wins because he gets to experience what it's like to be in the transistor like either way he wins he can't do anything from that point but yeah because yeah. oh, he's inside did he get killed by the transistor too or something or how did he get inside of it Oh yeah, I mean in the transistor, like yeah. he, you get absorbed into it, and then only one of you can leave. So he's essentially killed. Mm-hmm. He's trapped in it. Yeah. Okay. Although he gets uh he gets company here real soon. Yeah. This <sighs> is a depre. Okay, so after you beat him, you have like a little part where you walk around with the transistor, mm-hmm. and you start resetting the world or something, kind of. Yeah. Like you start remaking it in your the way that it should be. Yeah. The yeah. man's like. You basically reshape the world however you please. It's like it's all for you now, and it it lets you. You kind of restore some of the area you saw earlier in the game, and then apparently Red's just like, nah. 
It's you find the block where he died, and I restored the block, and then you see his body, and it says air because she can't bring him back to light. Uh-huh. And she pretty much tried. <sighs> and and that oh, and then he starts talking. He's like, "What are you doing, Red? Don't uh-huh. do it." Oh man, she lays down next to him real slow, and it's like, "Oh no, she's not not about to do what I think she's going to do." And she uses this command over the transistor that we hadn't really seen up to this point. She just kind of levitates in the air and in one fell swoop, she stabs herself with it. Same way he died at the beginning. It's like, oh, it hurts. It it hurts real bad. But now they're together. And he keeps saying, don't do this. Don't do it. I mean, and he says it over 10 times. Mm-hmm. Like, right he, he basically has to watch her kill herself just to be with him again. It's kind of heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, we get that sure. we get that short scene of them standing in a cornfield or whatever a wheat field, and he's like, "Hi," and she says, "Hey," and then it goes to black. It's like, "Oh, <laughs> don't make me cry! I'll dare you." <laughs> and you see her slump against his dead body too when she dies. Mm-hmm. It's it's so well done. Again, just what little dialogue there is, it's so impactful. The game really hit me a lot more than I expected. It's so good. Yeah. I had no expectation to come into this game and be like, all right, I was just like, I need to play it. And mm-hmm. this ending made me a little tear up a little too. It's, it's so good. Anything you want to say, Henry, about the ending? I know we covered most of it already. <laughs> I just like how bittersweet it is because it's like she does kill herself, but then they are together again. It's like there's no, it doesn't feel like a clear victory, really. I really mm-hmm. like that. And they also yeah. like what you were talking about. This could, this does look like the country too. So maybe right. you, like you guys said earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely something to all that. Because I think one of the functions you find early on, he's talking about whoever it was, and he's like, well, she's in the country now. Okay. Ugh, it's it's so... Ah. It's a really good game. I just keep repeating myself, but it's so, it's so impressive. So well done. Oh, and I should say this. If you're still listening to this and you're wondering, like, you know, even though we already spoiled the story, I should have had this at the beginning of the episode. You might already own this game and not realize it. It was on Epic Games for a long time ago for free. So it's a very good chance you, if you claim like I do every single week, you have it in your library. Yeah, it was also a PlayStation Plus game, well, years ago now. But if you have that, you might have gotten it through there, too. And it goes on sale all the time. I think I got it for like $3 on Switch a few months ago. Oh, nice. I just played the version I had on Epic. For yeah. I have it on PC. I have it through PlayStation Plus. I'm like, I kind of want it on the Switch, so I got it on there, too. <laughs> it's nice to finally buy, finish a game that I've bought three times or <laughs> twice and then through a service. I know how that feels. <laughs> yes, I know you know how that feels. <laughs> I do it constantly. <laughs> I bought so much of my library over again on 360 PS3. I bought it on Steam. I just, I don't, yeah, certain games I just keep rebuying for cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a few bucks. But... <laughs> uh huh. You never know. Plus, I found out I really like playing on my computer more than anything. So that's kind of how it happens. Um, right, any last things we should say about the game before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? The only other thing, it's like it only happened to me once, but if you put the help function in your passive slot, which, hey, there's also passive slots. I don't think we mentioned that. We did not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you put one of the functions in a passive slot and it gives you different passive abilities. But if you put help in there, you have a 25% chance of. When you turn on the turn phase, you turn into like super user and it gives you the ability, the function kill, which does 500 base damage, which is cool. But I only had it happen once. So that's where that came from. I got it a bunch in the final fight. Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) I was wondering what happened. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take this. (laughs) It still isn't enough to kill one of the man enemies, though. They still have 100 health left over if you use it on them. 
That's wild. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Very cool. I keep saying I, that. But... <laughs> Go ahead. Andrew, sorry. Um, no, no worries. I would say the, like, for closing, Transistor expects a lot of you. Like, it's pretty hard. And if you want to get a sense of, like, the story and characters, you have to, like, both constantly switch out your loadout and also read through all of the mm-hmm. lore. And even then, the story doesn't spoon-feed itself to you. So it's just, like, challenging in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I definitely think there's a lot of that's intentional. They definitely want to leave some holes to leave it open to interpretation. But it's so well done, I don't even mind. Oh, it reminds yeah, me of sure. our, our Silent Hill 2 episode. Where there's a lot of unanswered questions, and it turned out to be a really fun discussion about, well, maybe it's this or this and this. And... I kind of like that in games, apparently. Okay. You also like things that change, so. Mm-hmm. A lot. All right, I have a few questions. <laughs> I actually posted this in four different groups. We'll start with, okay, I have nothing from the Laser Time group, so. Guys, I'm, I'm sad. I actually got a decent amount, though, from the other groups that I posted this in. I posted it in the Hard Drive 2 Drive Harder group. <laughs> <laughs> Good time. I don't know. It just It's a PC group mostly, so I figured it's a PC. This game to me has always been a PC game, so I figured I'll try elsewhere and spread the spread the you know propaganda of games my mom found. So <laughs> uh, first one I'm going to read is from Robert Grant Young. Transistor was probably the last game I was super hyped for. I watched the various trailers over and over, pre-ordered on Steam, played and beat it the first week, spent less time playing over the next month to beat a second run through 100% achievements. I love this game. I love the art, the gameplay, the writing, the soundtrack. Paper Boats is absolutely goat. The only thing I dislike is the lack of replayability. After 100% achievements, the game doesn't offer anything new. This doesn't keep me from highly recommending it to anyone. I'm glad he said that, though, because that reminded me, uh, when you beat it, it's like Bastion, where it gives you the option to start over, but everything's harder. So you keep all your functions and your experience, but that... You're fighting oh, like the man enemies really early on. It's still cool. So if you want more, it's it is there. All right, another one from Sean Lutoski. I probably said that wrong. It's probably my actual favorite super giant game, but it's so hard to pick. I played every single game of theirs on release and quickly became my favorite developers. But honestly, I think Transistor has some of the easiest music to show to others who have never heard of it or just don't play games in general. It might mm-hmm. be my bias, but each original soundtrack of theirs has such a unique flair to it while intertwining the story that it makes it hard for me to speak as to which is the best. Pyre is extremely underrated, but Transistor really had me hooked in this world between the powers being tied to its side stories and world building, encouraging you to explore different mix and match gameplay styles. It's just the general atmosphere and sense of wonder to what the hell happened. It might just slightly beat Hades and Pyre for my favorite story. There you go. Some Pyre love. That's, that's all well said. Yeah, I can't remember if we talked about Pyre at the end of the last week's episode or not. Um, it was in the top 10 episode, I think. I thought it was when we announced Transistor last week, but I don't know. Mike bought it for me for my birthday, and I'm anxious to get into it. But you got to beat little... first. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Yeah, I know. What little I've seen of it, there's a lot of Super Giants carryovers. Like, they like to do a lot of the same things between their games. Because even Hades has some of that equipping passive abilities that give you, you know, different passive abilities. And the way the transistor talks to you, like the narrator did in Bastion, like it's cool that they keep some of those little themes across all their games. Oh, here's one from Brian Murphy. The narrator bro in this game comes off as a really annoying fedora beard, <laughs> men ready women type to me. I found the mm. game really forgettable, so I can't pick out a, a specific impression of why I felt that way, but I remember I did. Is it, isn't the ending that you just gank yourself for no real reason to? <laughs> Ouch. That one hurt a little bit. Uh, all right. And here's another. It's kind of funny. 
And here's another one from <laughs> Steffi Smith. So like the end, you just kind of kill yourself to become a trade wife after a clingy lesbian stalker and a gay couple destroy society and make it unlivable for you despite all having the power to reshape things. Correct. That's, <laughs> that's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. From Che Ray, I listen to the soundtrack all the time. There you go, Henry. There's another one. <laughs> Good soundtrack. Last one I'm going to read from this group. From Dan Sulfur. I didn't love the gameplay as much as I wanted to, but on balance, I really liked the game because of how strong the artistic aspects were. Just a very cool vibe, cool art design, and a great original soundtrack. And it had become a, a staple at my TTRPG table in the before time we were allowed to play in person. <laughs> nice. What, what was that like? I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a long time from those days. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I'm going to read a couple from Giant Bomb. Then I'll go to Overblow, which I actually have a question. I have a lot of questions. So oh, yeah, I saw that. I like when people actually give us questions. It doesn't happen often, but it's nice when it does. It's Cody again. He hooked us up. See, when I only ask for questions, I get nothing. So that's why I don't ask for only questions. Uh, from the Giant Bomb group, from Jason Forberg, one of my favorite games of all time. Took psychedelics and played with a beach ball a ton with a fucking perfect music <laughs> oh, playing. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing it right, apparently. Uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, it, it's probably a really interesting game when you're high as hell on psychedelics. I mean, we don't understand as it is, so I can't imagine that helps. <laughs> it doesn't have to help. It just makes it more interesting. <laughs> uh, from Joel Sosa, I downloaded at a time I didn't have much time to play games, so I never launched it. When I did have time, Hades was out, and I dumped over 100 runs in that game. That is my memory of Transistor. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I still haven't beat Hades. It's you so were playing hard. it a bunch, though. I did. I Yeah, like, I think we talked about that with adam off off recording but yeah i put a bunch of hours into it i made it to hades and i got i beat what i thought was him and then he had a second form i was like fuck (laughs) (laughs) that's why i don't play roguelikes like i have 20 xx on my computer but i i I haven't touched it in a long time because i just suck at it yeah i know it's a shame too because that game is amazing i enjoyed what i played i just i i with the way the show is i i have i can't stick i just don't have the time Mm -hmm. and i can't stop the show so at least you didn't start up Stardew Valley like an idiot when you're supposed to be playing games for the show. <laughs> yeah. I started it last weekend and I'm like at the end of the first year, so I put some some time into it this week. I almost bought that for Tiff, but I haven't yet. All right, enough <laughs> of that. Uh, from Will Bailey, I completed a couple times through through. Really love the art style and music, somewhat simple combat, but the customization you're allowed really lets it shine. It's a very close third third favorite super giant game hades bastion transistor okay okay here's a good one from sean effinger i haven't played it since it came out but i absolutely loved it i still plan on getting that floating city art as a tattoo oh that would be cool the yeah. art is super good in this game we haven't really talked about that enough i don't think mm-hmm. like it's really good art and just the way the transistor itself looks is very awesome all right from heidi martini my favorite game and soundtrack from them i have the cutest red figure too I would like a figure of Red Ashley. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. I, I used to have a figure of Kasumi, but I don't have it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like that little figure. Uh, from Thomas JG, best game ever for me. The story is so on point with society involvement. Love the music of Big Love all around. Okay, here's awesome. one. I'm going to read two more from this group, then I'm going to be done with this group. Uh, from Jay Petroquin, stellar idea for a combat system. I love when a game forces me to take its mechanics and turn them over to use upside down. This game does it in all angles. Okay. Yeah, and that's accurate. This guy is speaking. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and this guy is speaking. He's speaking like me from Arthur Perez. I own this on iOS, PC, and PS4. I haven't played it once. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I understand, sir. 
I'm the same way with a lot of games. I keep buying. I'm like, mm, I'll play this one day. It's weird. I have Super Giants uh, gameography pulled up, and each subsequent game they release is on less systems. Because Bastion was on everything under the sun, and then Transistor like cut out Xbox. Pyre wasn't on Switch. Well, it hasn't been released on Switch yet, I guess. But then Hades is only on PC and Switch. Like it's how is Hades not on PS4? I don't know. I'm sure it's, it's coming, coming, but yeah. yeah, I think it's going to come to PS4 and Xbox One, maybe even next gen systems too. It should. It came out late enough that it really should come on both. All right, now we actually have a bunch of questions from Cody Taker. <laughs> so, first one: How does it stand? Oh, this is from the I watch the entire Overload Super Preplay group. Uh, first one: How does it stack up to other Super Giant games, Mike? Uh, first? Gameplay is pretty similar to Bastion, except for being able to stop time, like we were talking about. The story is definitely better than Bastion's, I think. Man, it's been so long since I hate it. I hate the or since I played it. So I hate to even try and compare it. Pyre, I haven't touched, and Hades. It like I said, it carries a lot of the same themes, but it's such its own thing. It's hard to compare them to. But it on par with their other stuff. I'll say that. Anything you want to say, Henry? Um, yeah, there's a good case to be made for every Super Giant game that each one is the best one. Mm-hmm. I think Transistor definitely has the best like story out of all of them for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's my favorite soundtrack, but that's subjective. Yeah. Okay. I've only played this in Bastion. I haven't played Bastion in over seven years, so I have. I remember liking Bastion. I just looked at a video of it. And I'm like, I remember liking this, and that's <laughs> all I got. So. And I never played Pyre, never played Hades. Pyre is really good. Like, Pyre is their most unique game, I think. Yeah, Don't we... say that right now. I, He's got to play 13. Again, I can't remember <laughs> if we talked about it on recording, but Adam was telling us about it. He's like, it's it's a sports game. And I looked up the Steam page, and it was tagged as an RPG. I'm like, what is this game? <laughs> yeah, so, that's the problem with it. You can't... Yeah. It's so hard to describe it. I'm looking forward to, to diving into that one. I'm looking forward after you beat uh, another game you're supposed to play. <laughs> you're not going to beat 13, are you? Probably not. Okay. I'll try and play more of it today, though. Hey, just put on your cheat codes and just gun everybody down. It's fun. Yep, <laughs> that is fun. Until you get to the part where you have to play all stealth because you can't be seen. Except, except in 13, if they see you and they go, alert! As long as you kill them before they do the next action, you're okay. Okay. Well, so just remember, our... the game's not over. Even if they start screaming alert, as long as you shove a bullet in their head while they're screaming alert, it's okay. I got a good idea where I'm going to be stopping them. <laughs> even if they're on the radio, they're like, hey, Captain, he's here. I found him. And you shoot him in the head before they finish their sentence. It's okay. No alert happened. Yeah, it's like Metal Gear Solid 3. It's like, we have an intruder shot. What's going on out there? <laughs> There's no way to tell. It couldn't be the intruder. Just killed him. Nah, nah, he's fine. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Send, send some people out. They'll be fine. All right. A couple what? other questions um, from Cody also. Did you, did you like the world of Cloud Bank? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. For sure. It was very unique, even I have no idea what the hell is going on. <laughs> and let's see. He's got, man, he's got a lot of questions. Uh, did you go with a more live play style, or did you use a slow down most? Yes. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> I, use, I use turn quite a bit, but like I said before, I, I spent a lot of time just using ping. I didn't use ping at all. I don't think I didn't like it. I play differently than you. Mm-hmm. That's what's great about this game is you can and just play it however you like. And he has a couple more uh, favorite part. Uh, I said that before. It's when Red tells the man the transistor that she's going to find whatever's doing to this, doing this to him and break its heart. That is cool. 
My favorite part was actually optional. You know how at the end when you're going back through the empty stage, there's all those cluckers? If you hum, yeah. they'll like bob up and down to your like last performance. I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember that scene, man, Transistor's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has favorite music. I can't answer to this one, so. Spine of the world, hands down. Old Friends, I think, the first track, because it's such a great, like, tone setter. Like, it's, I don't know, it's so Transistor. Like, it's really good. Okay. I have nothing, because I just, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I didn't, I don't know any, I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. You didn't say your favorite part. I don't have one. I don't. Think. <laughs> I can't really. I, I can't really think of anything that really like jumped out at me that was like, "Wow, this is good." The ending. Okay, the ending, but I wasn't favorite. It was just cool, but I was not super excited about it. I don't know. I don't really have one. I, mean, I enjoy the game. It's a really good game. I just don't. I don't know. I can't think of a favorite part. And then last question: uh, How was the story? Uh, confusing, but still awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. Like it's really good. This guy really great characters and i like that's what i prioritize most in stories is like the character work and i think the characters in transistor are all like really good and really interesting Mm -hmm. so even though some of the details are vague like the characters are good enough to like keep me going even characters that you don't spend a lot of time with like sybil she's got such a deep background that you just have to look into to get Mm, yeah and it works well for that and the fact that any any game that gets me interested in the story is this is a testament to how good it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I, I know that for a fact now after after you know doing the show with you, I'm like, oh, you really don't care about story. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Seldom. So I think that about wraps up this section of the show. I think we should go to Shelf or Box. Okay. And Mike, since it's your pick, why don't you go first? Uh, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> to this point is after I've been raving about it for this entire episode, it's going on the shelf. Like just talking about it here. I'm like, I kind of want to go back and play it again, just to see how the combat, how I can mix it up and try different play styles and whatnot and actually read the rest of those profiles and try to make more sense of the story. It's so far. It's my favorite super giant game. We'll see if Hades uh, ends up winning me over. If I can actually beat the damn game sometime but <laughs> it's great i'm super glad i finally put it on the shelf okay and i'll go next i'm just not gonna go on the shelf i really like i didn't i had no expectations when i came into this game i was gonna like okay i'll play it i'm sure it'll be fine i've heard a lot of good things i was excited to play it but i hadn't i just didn't really know what i was going into and i i left very surprised and i really had a great time like this is was a I this was a really good game and I was immensely surprised how much I enjoy it. I, I probably won't play it again anytime soon because I, I don't need to and I don't really wanna see her die again. So I'm I'm okay, <laughs> but I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to play it and these and, are my, my favorite picks that I put on the show. So this and Ape Escape Three that just come out of nowhere and like <laughs> You just absolutely love. Yeah, no, Ape Escape Three was amazing. I and I tried to make you take it off the show multiple times. You uh-huh. but <laughs> so I knew. Oh, I was I was greatly surprised. It doesn't. It didn't do super well, but it was great. That's game, fine. So. It was for us. That's it. That's it. That's kind of what this season, next season, I feel like are they're just for us. And then I'll get back into doing more name brand, nor, more 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 known after that. Once I get out, things have just been. But I need to play. Yeah, I got some weird stuff coming next season. It'll be fun. That's a good way to do it, though. Like, do what you like, right? Yep. It doesn't help numbers, per se. It's just that it's the first season that 
because we, we and him wrote the last season together, but it was also at a time when we had a lot going on. I was just trying to throw stuff in, get guests quickly, had to rewrite a season. And this one, we had time, so we just put the weirdest sh- we put weird shit on here that I just wanted to play. <laughs> <laughs> like Robotech Battlecry 13. I mean, these are not well-known games that we're playing. Dirge of Cerberus. Like. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's relevant again, though. That's funny. <laughs> it is funny. But, uh, it really is. What about right, you, Henry? You, Henry? <laughs> Oh, well, like, Fantas just got a killer story, great visuals, great music, great gameplay. What more can you ask for? Uh, so it's definitely, like, a shelf. Like, I, I don't think I'll play it again anytime soon. Probably just wait, like, a year for me to forget the story again and then go for it again. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. It's not hard to forget, though. I mean, not that it's not good, it just, it just doesn't stick with you for some reason. No, it's because it's so, like, opaque and, like, low on details for, like, some of mm-hmm. it, like... You don't really know exactly what the camarada's plan is, and I don't think they ever tell you. So it, it makes it really easy to like forget key details. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that about yeah, that's okay. It's three shelves. That's what I expected from this game, though. I, I, oh, yeah, I think absolutely. There are some games where I know we are not going to be happy with, but this is one I knew we'd all be happy with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure Especially... about next week, though. And I'll let you guys talk about next week. Uh, next week, we are covering 13, that game that nobody remembers. For some reason, I put it on the show because I really wanted to finish it. They remembered enough to try and, re- try and remaster it. <laughs> it didn't work out super well, but people are going to remember it now. Uh, I still am a little sad that it did so bad, or that it turned out so bad. Because mm-hmm. I was, I was kind of excited for it. Yeah, I think so. a lot of people are, and a lot of people are not happy. Oh, and I have, a, and and we'll be, and we're gonna do a giveaway for the code next week too. Oh yeah, cool. if I remember, this is why I'm putting it in here, so I have to remember. Good call. So yeah, I have a free code for 13 Classic on Steam. So next, if you listen to next week's episode, I will be giving that code away at some point in the episode. Hopefully, somebody will actually claim it this time. Hey, someone claimed Stalker. Yeah, <laughs> the guy in the show with me. <laughs> nobody else did. <sighs> All right, that about wraps up this episode. I want to. Thank everyone for listening. Oh, and before I keep going, uh, Henry, you want to give a shout out to your YouTube channel again? Yeah, I do video essays on games. I've done one on Last of Us, Judgment, and recently Assassin's Creed Origins. If you want to start with any of my videos, start with the latest. (laughs) I I did find it. If you search for Henry Chan, Last of Us Part 2 on YouTube, it's one of the first results. Or just click the link in the show notes that I will. Or that. That is shocking <laughs> that I actually come up on the search bar. Well, I had, I had to get so spe- specific with it, but I found it. Uh, don't feel bad. I don't. It's YouTube's like that. Oh, yeah. You, you're not like you're not making a lot of videos. You're not getting a lot of people listening They're They're very particular like that at first. Good yeah. old YouTube algorithm. I can't talk all of a sudden. I mean, I pop up on there now if you type in games my mom found. But it took a little bit. Yeah, I believe it. Luck it for not, the luck, God. It did mm-hmm. not pick up at first. I, hey, we got 96 subscribers so far. So if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. I just need four more to get my custom URL. Four oh, sweet. <sighs> so please do that. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, as I just said. And we have tons of other episodes. We don't have any other episodes that really kind of coincide with transistors. I have nothing to recommend like I normally try to do. Just just go through our backlog. We mm-hmm. do comic. We do the MCU movies. We do film. We do all sorts of shit. You'll find something that you want to listen to. <laughs> our giant catalog of crap. Yeah. And if you can't find everything on Spotify or Stitcher, just use Podbean or Podcast Addict as, a, as an app that can download Pocket. That will show everything because Spotify only goes back like 60 or 80. Ep- it goes back like a, a certain amount of episodes. Maybe it's 100. I don't know. I publish so much stuff that it doesn't show our whole catalog. That's yeah. fun. 
You gotta if you're looking for more, you're like, hey, I can only see up to sixty. Every it's all there. Just you need to go back and find other ways. Also, if you're looking for more, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people are listening to it. People have com- I've had one guy comment on YouTube once about like, oh, hey, this is kind of fun. And I've had, hey, over 5,000 people have clicked on Thor Dark World by now. <laughs> Something tells good. me it's not for us. It's not for us, no. <laughs> they click on it and they click off it real fast and they realize it's not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we're we're doing you a favor. That's <laughs> a great movie. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. That movie is just not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's the wor- one of the, it's not the worst movie of the series. It's just the most forgettable, I think. Yeah. Well, go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear us crap on Thor Dark World. Oh, it's almost at six thousand uh, views at the moment. Five thousand nine hundred seventy six at the time of this recording. That's impressive. With sixteen <laughs> likes and twelve dislikes. Hey, it, it beat out Pac Man World. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, YouTube's a little different, though. This doesn't really count because it's not Ashley Listens. It's just they click and go, oh, no. All right. And please get, want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Bullet. The song is a cool kid squad. Definitely go check him out. You will see a link in the show notes. You will also see a link to Henry's Chan channel on YouTube in the show notes. So definitely go check those out. And I already said, go please follow. So please keep listening to these episodes. It's, I, I have fun doing them. And I need more people to listen. So and we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Yeah.